So our Lord says that he is both the gate and the shepherd. Only in him these things, these functions are perfected. He is the gate. No one comes to the Father except through him. As the good shepherd, he gave up his life for his sheep. As we heard on the second reading, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. That is our heavenly Father. He bore our sins in his body upon the cross. Let us be clear, by, on, by our own merits, we could not pay the price for our sins. But the Son, in his infinite mercy, took upon himself all our offenses that we have committed and that we will commit, forgave them and presented them to the Father along with, the sacrifice, along with his sacrifice on the cross. In performing this act, he gained for all of us the forgiveness of our sins. Our sins are nothing when compared with the acceptance of his acceptance of the cross. This is a gift to all the humankind, men and women alike. Jesus Christ, being the good shepherd, is guiding all his sheep to the gate of the sheepfold, which is he himself as well. He is the gate. Even though he is guiding all the sheep, not all the sheep are listening to his voice, and many of the sheep are going in the wrong way and becoming lost. As the sheep goes astray, the robber is taking them for himself as slaves and to exploit and torture them. It is the desire of the good shepherd to recover all the lost sheep. His desire is that all the sheep enter the sheepfold. But unfortunately, not all sheep will arrive because many will ignore the call of the shepherd and go their own ways. We must remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the sheepfold other than following the call of the shepherd and obeying his will, which is also the will of the Father. We must all listen to his call and follow him carefully if we have the desire to be by his side. There is no other possible way. Any other way presented to us is meant only to confuse us and make us lose our way and be separated from the herd. That is the work of the devil who lurks around waiting for any of us to become separated, to become his prey to become a slave of our desires, and ultimately, we should we not find our way back to the hurt, be lost for all eternity. Yes, our Lord is merciful and will forgive us any offense that we may have committed. The only thing that he asks of us is to come to him with a sorrowful and contrite, and with a sorrowful and contrite heart, fully repentant of our transgressions, and the Lord, with his infinite love and mercy, will forgive our transgressions in the sacrament of reconciliation and will allow us to return to the herd and to continue our journey to heaven under his loving guidance. Should we become lost again, the Lord will come to get us again and by the means of the sacraments, especially again, the sacrament of reconciliation in which the Lord in by his infinite mercy and love is always ready to receive us into the herd. There is no limit to the many times that the Lord will forgive us. 
However, we must not take for granted his mercy and go astray at every opportunity we have. Not because the Lord will not withhold his forgiveness for our offenses, but because we do not know when, we'll be, when we will be called into his presence to give an account for our actions. And should we be in immortal sin at our passing from this world, we might find ourselves permanently lost. We must always carefully recall all our offenses and bring them to his loving presence and not to omit any of them, no matter how painful it might feel to recount your sins to the priest, that he who acts in persona Christi, the priest is under an oath not to divulge what he is listening in your confession. His role is that of listening to confirm that you are sorrowful and, and contrite about your sins and your offenses and to give you the absolution if he deems it appropriate. As the Lord tells us in the Gospel of John, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. This is where the Lord gives authority to the apostles to forgive sins and the priests receive this delegation from the authority of the bishops who Biden's who again whose authority is delegated by the apostles themselves and as you heard received that authority from Jesus Christ himself so yes the forgiveness of sins comes directly from Jesus himself and we can rest confidently that if you received your absolution from a priest who himself may be in mortal sin your absolution does not depend in the state of his soul at the moment of the absolution. In just in the same way as the validity of the consecration of the Holy Eucharist during Mass is not dependent on the priest's spiritual state. It is Christ himself who performs the consecration in the Mass and also who forgives the sins in the sacrament of reconciliation. So always remember that Jesus is the good shepherd and that he always lovingly and passionately cares for his sheep, so approach him with, without fear and receive his mercy. In his role of good shepherd, he is always calling men to come and help in the labor of taking care of the flock. He does this through vocations. The Lord is always calling men to serve as deacons, priests, and also calling women and men to a consecrated life. I would like to talk about my personal call. In my case, I went to a Cursillo retreat, and while I was there, I saw deacons serving and preparing themselves for the talks and saw how the light of Christ shined on them. During adoration, I called to the Lord and I asked if he wanted me to serve him and to his flock and asked him to let me know, but I asked him also to let me know in a way that I had no doubt of his calling, and he did. <laughs> On the first day after my retreat, a good friend that I knew, that I know, had gone, that, I, that, he, that he knew that I had gone to a retreat, attempted, attempted to be funny, asked me, how was, you, how was the new deacon? I'd laugh, and I told him, if only it was that simple. The rest of the day went on, and I labeled this talk as it's a coincidence. On the second day, I arrived at the rosary and benediction. 
The deacon was, that was supposed to leave did not come, and we did our rosary. As I was leaving, a lady approached me and told me, our deacons are getting old. Why don't you become a deacon? This question shook me to the core. This was a direct question about the call to serve and really made me think a bit more about the call to the diaconate. Yet, I dared to ask for an additional sign, which she gave me the next day. As I was looking for a booklet, I opened to the Gospel of John and I read, Tend my sheep. I cried, I'm doubting no more. I asked our pastor what I was supposed to do to enroll in the diaconate formation. And seven years later, here I am serving the Lord. We, the flock, the people in the flock, must always pray for all the people called to serve the Lord so that they may be strong and continue to serve and guide the flock to the Lord himself, but also for those that are discerning the Lord's call, that they may be willing to listen to his call and accept and become good servants at the service of the flock. We must remember that not all are chosen to serve the Lord, but that those that he has chosen willingly accept his call and serve as the Lord desires. We must remember that the Lord said, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so, what, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So please, dear brothers and sisters, pray for all those men and women that are chosen and they are able, that they are able to listen to the call of the Lord and freely accept his call and help the good shepherd guide his flock to find the way to heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.